The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Move through blocks and fulfill your passion and purpose. This is Stop Stopping Yourself with your host, Vincent Jenna. Well, welcome, everybody, wherever you are in listening land here. This is the Stop Stopping Yourself show. And yes, I am your host, Vincent Jenna, and I'm coming to you live, live from Raleigh, North Carolina. And certainly, I do hope again, this is another week that's gone by. Um, I hope you're all safe and all healthy. None of you are experiencing anything um, more major than what's been going on. But yeah, we got dropped calls and electronical things going nuts and haywire. And if you really think about it, we are energy forces and we're putting energy out into the universe. And a lot of people are still frustrated. It's been a long time. The kids are getting anxious sitting at home. And yeah, for a certain amount of time at home, that's fun. It's novel. But then after a while, people start um getting some angst and anxiety built up right so that's affecting the planet that's affecting the electronics here so just don't be surprised that anything happens you know um that maybe all of a sudden some other news show comes on the air instead of me just hang in there and listen to it it's probably important anyway so, yes, if you just joined, I'm Vincent Jenna, and this is the Stop Stopping Yourself show. And I have um, an incredible guest on today. Uh, I, I'm really excited about this because it, he, he touches my realm of um, my background as a performer, a professional performer. I, I have shared that I used to be a professional singer, actor, and dancer. And the gentleman that I have on right now, though I don't know anything about his dancing skills, we haven't talked about that, but obviously he's an incredible musician. Let me just give you a little of his background. I'm going to let him give the rest. So he also plays the guitar and sings, but... From 1986 until 2007, Larry engineered all, almost all of the Asleep at the Wheel. Remember that group, Asleep at the Wheel recordings, right? And because of that, he won several Grammy Awards, which is amazing. I'm, I would love to see one in person one day. I've got to go over Larry's place. And so from there, he's just done unbelievable things. He scored and produced... Um, well, scored eight motion pictures, the music for eight motion pictures. Now, that's intense. You hear that music in the background, and I'm always sitting there going, oh, my gosh, what mind created that? You know, like the John Williams that scores so many things. So Larry scored some, too, which is amazing. But, but what I found really interesting is that Larry had been a, a Course in Miracles student since 1988. And, and since then, he's been doing everything that he can to actually introduce people to the Course of Miracles. Um, he's, he's worked with so many different people in doing that, and I'll let him share that. But I, I don't want to delay any more. I want to introduce you to Larry Sire. Oh, my gosh. Larry, thank you for taking the time out during this crazy period to join me on the show today. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. I'm glad to hear that. So you're, you, you've been all hunkered down yourself there and safe, right? Absolutely. I'm here in Austin, Texas. I'm going to go out to the groceries and Okay, um, I'm not hearing you all too well. I don't know if they are. Um, okay, so so he's going to call you back, um, uh, Larry. So so hang okay. in there. See, I told everybody right. about the electronic stuff. Okay, okay. here we go. You there? You there all with right. me, Larry? I'm here. I didn't oh, better. Yay. It, it's our power, Larry. That's what it is. It's our energy and our power, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, 
to your question, we're doing very well. Don't go out to go to the grocery store or check on the status of our new house we're building uh, here in Texas. So other than that, we're here. Wow, you've got and in Texas, have you building a new house? What was that being affected by the rains over there? I have a friend out there, and uh, my marketing manager, and she was in the middle of all these downpours. How is that affecting you guys? Well, of course, it does. Yeah, they they uh, they stop doing whatever they're doing whenever it's raining out there. They are practicing safe distancing. They're wearing masks. They're doing. Uh, all the right things. As a matter of fact, we even offered to delay the building of the house till after this COVID-19 mess is finished. But they said, oh, we can do it. Uh, we'll just try to make the scene and we'll be fine. So. Wow. Wow. Yeah, my son is having a house built, too, and they're not stopping. That's for sure. The construction industry as as well as the u.s postal office it's during rain snow sleet or hail they'll build those homes so i need to find out i want my listeners to hear more about you so were you always into music as a little kid like what got you interested and in the direction that you started yes i've always been interested in music and Believe it or not, I've always known that I was going to do something in the music field. I started playing when I was very young. I say it's four years old. It could be somewhere at that time. My mother taught me piano, and my father taught me guitar. And it's always been a part of my life. And so much so that uh, the way I explain to people is you think about what your tongue or your teeth or your lips are doing whenever you talk. No. It's so ingrained into what you do, you just think what you want to say, and then the mechanics of speaking just happen. Well, that's the way it is for me with playing guitar or piano. I don't think about the mechanics. It's as embedded in my DNA as speaking. So I think about what I want to say musically, and it comes out. Wow. you got to tell us more about that. But, Larry, they're going to call you back because they're getting a breakup of your phone as well. So hang up right now, my friend. Don't go away. Come right back, and and we'll okay. continue this. Um so, yeah, I, and I totally understand where he's coming from because it was almost, it was the same thing for me. It was just so natural for me to be involved. Uh, you have reached the- so, okay, so you were talking about the, you becoming involved in music naturally. So to pick it up from there, take it from there. Well, I don't really know how much you heard, but basically uh, it, it's part of my DNA. I don't think about the mechanics of playing the instrument that I play anymore. It's it's just natural as speaking to me. I just think about what I want to say musically and it comes out. And it comes out. Do you do you believe at all in past lives? Yes, I do. Do you mm-hmm. do you believe that maybe you brought some musical ability from another life with you in this one, which is why it was so natural for you? I don't really know. Uh, I don't really remember any past lives. I I will say that I have seen glimpses of images that have not happened in this life. And they are sort of like uh, flashes of an image. And I'll I'll be looking at things from a perspective of maybe a little child. Like one in particular was uh, I I was – probably about two foot off the ground from my visual perspective. And I was looking up and I was in some sort of fortress and there were a bunch of horses around and uh, people were coming in through the gate. I remember that part. Let me just say that that image comes in my mind and I certainly have never experienced that in this life. So whether or not that's my imagination or past life, I have no idea. Mm, I know that would definitely be another great topic to discuss, but but a lot of natural talent, we kind of explain it as being from a past life in some way. Okay, so you had this natural ability, 
and mm-hmm. then you you went on to pursue it professionally. Where did you go with it from the very from the early start? Wow, it's it's been so part of my life. I, I'm hard to find where it actually started. Um, I I had a band in the eighth grade, and I played music uh, through high school and some of college. And as a matter of fact, when I uh, enlisted in the army in 1971 through 1974, my military occupational specialty or MOS, my job was a saxophone player and, and guitar player on the side. So I played music in the United States army band in Fort Leonard Wood for about a year and also in Stuttgart, Germany for about two years. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. What an experience there. Absolutely incredible that you would continue to go in that direction, even in the military. So it was definitely a, a we would say, an internal sense and inspiration. And, and what I want to compliment you on is that you followed it, because one of the things I keep telling people is that the dream and your purpose is within you. And if you grab hold of it and, and use it, it will take you in the direction that you've been wanting to go. Do, do you always feel, you've, you, you've mentioned it before, so the music and everything is coming from within, for you and mm-hmm. the direction as well. Do you ever feel like you're being guided someplace? I think that we all are. Uh, and, and to me, it's a matter of how much each one of us chooses to listen. Mm. You know, there are so many distractions like the television, the radio, the internet, you know, even books and whatever and that serves to keep our mind occupied and when our mind is occupied it's kind of hard to listen to the voice or the the inspiration or prompts if you want to call them prompts Uh, right and that is the information telling giving you advice or at least for me giving me advice as to what i need to do next so i make it a point to make sure that my living environment is quiet. I know in other words, um, there's no motors running, no fans running, no noises happening because I like to listen to the internal guidance that's coming 24 seven. And I believe it's coming to all of us. If we just be still a moment and listen. I totally agree with you. We do have to be still and listen. And and that's what, you know, um, everybody says it's even in the Bible, be still and listen, right? Right. But you, it sounds like you are, during the day, it's almost like you're in a constant meditative state where you're listening because that's the whole purpose of meditation. You quieted everything down, you quiet your mind down and you're listening. So you didn't have to do it just sitting down there all day long, quietly. It doesn't no, sound that no, way. No, you can do this, or at least I can do this. Uh, I can be driving a car or I can do anything. It's not a trance to where you're stupefied. I mean, you're, you're basically just doing things that you normally do, and you're just listening to guidance at the same time you're doing those. See, that's what I want the listeners to hear. So many people don't do meditation because they think it's so formal that it's another thing to add to their daily routine when it actually can be so simple. So I, I it, totally it have get to that. be. Yeah, it doesn't have to be. As a matter of fact, it can be fun. The, the key that I have found is to stop judging yourself. You know, it's interesting that your show title is stop stopping yourself. And the truth is it's our judgments of ourselves that stop us from doing the things that we were destined to do. So the first thing that I learned pretty early on when doing the course in miracles was to release all the judgments, to let go of everything. You know, uh, Dove Fishman, a really good friend of mine, uh, stated this, and I really believe it's true. 
forgiveness is a code word for acceptance. And acceptance, what I mean by acceptance, is that the willingness to accept everything as it is without wanting anything about it to change. So Mm. that is really true forgiveness. And when you get to that point, Art, in my opinion, when, when, when you get to the point where you're not judging yourself or the things that you see are whatever you're experiencing and accept it for what it is, it's easier to hear the voice because you're not constantly saying, no, I don't want that. No, 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 no. You, you can't hear anything truly unless you're willing to listen. And as long as you're speaking, you can't really listen. You're absolutely right, and that was extremely powerful, and I definitely want to talk more about it. Um, Would you say then that it was your listening that even guided you to, like, how did you get involved with Asleep at the Wheel? I mean, it just, you know, just all of a sudden this band comes up and you get involved and you start engineering. So how was that whole process, being the musician and then going into engineering and for Asleep at the Wheel? Wow, that's that's a pretty uh, long subject. I'll see if I can condense it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the that's reason okay. Go I ahead. Got into, the reason I got into engineering was because I considered it an extension or another instrument for my musical expression. Everything was headed towards becoming electronic, from the acoustic instruments to electronic instruments, and I figured, okay, if we need to communicate music and engineering our recording and producing and what have you is part of the process. I'd better learn that. And so I did. And I actually started learning electronics while I was in the army. I took a home study course, Bell and Howell communications electronics course. And it was a home study. I did that. And I was obsessed with learning everything I could about electronics And at the same time, I was put in charge of the recording gear in the Army at Fort Leonard Wood. So I had a dual purpose, a musician and also engineer. And when I got out of the Army, I naturally carried that to other studios that I worked in and eventually to Texas. And believe it or not, um, Asleep at the Wheel came about from a phone call wanting to borrow a wah-wah pedal. A wah-wah pedal is a device that you use for guitar that makes a wah-wah sound. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Okay, like like the sound you hear from the song Shaft by Isaac Hayes. Okay, that's a wah-wah pedal. Well, I had one, and I get a call from Ray Benson, and he says, um, I hear you got a wah-wah pedal. Uh, we need one here at the studio. Are you willing to drive it down here? for us to use. When I was about 30 minutes away, I said, sure. Brought my pedal down there. They, and I basically just forgot about it. And then they were finished with it. And I picked it up at that studio later because I was doing work there with other clients. And eventually uh, Ray called me to do his next project, which was, I believe, Asleep at the Wheel 10 at that point. Really? So that's mm-hmm. so from dropping off a Wawa pedal. You see, that's one of the things that people need to understand. And you said it earlier when you follow your inspirations, when you're following them, they're they're directing you to your dream, to your fulfillment, to what you want in your life. Would you agree with that? Oh, totally. And I'd like to point out that it was never about money. It was. I felt like, okay, well, I want to do this, and I did it. it. In other words, it wasn't money was a primary motivation, and I'd like to touch on that just a little bit. So much of today's motivation to many people is in the pursuit of money, but I really don't think, at least for me, that's not the way to happiness. It's also not the way to to achieve what your purpose is on the planet. Money is just something that comes along while you're doing the things that you love. 
So I have always adopted and, and embraced the attitude that if you do the things you love, you'll never work a day in your life. That comes from my dad. And by the way, I want to shout out to my my father, who is now 92 today. Today is his birthday. And today is your birthday. No, my dad's birthday. Oh, your dad's birthday. Oh, okay. So happy birthday to your dad. Uh, Yeah. Lefty sire, lefty and Ida. Wow. You see, that's what I love is following even... Um, Albert Einstein said, tell me what God is thinking, the details I don't need to know. And I've talked about that, and it was the same thing. Tell me, the he thought God spoke to us in inspirations, that's his definition of God, and that he was meant to follow it. And when he did, everything just came out the way it was meant to come out. So so you, you worked with them asleep at the wheel for a while. You then, now, how did you get to movie industry? Was it because of the work you did with Asleep at the Wheel? I have always uh, written uh, orchestral scores and big productions just as kind of a fun thing. And I was, um, I post a lot of this stuff on the internet just for free download, not because I'm trying to make money with it, just because I like to do it and I like to share it. And I got a call from um, someone that wanted me to score uh, a picture, and I just said yes, basically. Oh, that's the other thing. You have to say yes. You hear your inspiration. You hear outside messages and saying yes to what comes to you. That's that's so much in our teachings. Well, okay. So you did the movies, and and you did it. You did. You said eight of them, correct? That's what you did. You want? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. So so here's my other question, and then the big one. Now, of course, I said earlier that you were involved in a course of miracles as a student, yeah. right? What mm-hmm. brought you? Was it the same type of inspiration that brought you into that? But what led you oh, to absolutely. a course in miracles? Yeah, absolutely. We're we're coming upon a break, so I may wait until after the break to start this story. But it basically came from me working with one of my clients who who was happy with the work that I did with them. And they invited me over for a really nice dinner. Um, And I'll I'll be forever grateful for these girls. They they invited me over for for dinner. And, uh, well, I'll probably tell you the story before the break. The so I came over, we had a nice visit and, and I finished my meal. I was sitting at the table and plate in front of me. I think it was spaghetti supper and I finished the spaghetti. It was wonderful. And one of the girls took the plate away from the table and then literally slammed the book where the plate was. And she said, you have to read this. And I was kind of, shocked and taken back i said well okay so i started the book was a course in miracles so i started thumbing through the book and i started uh, seeing things that i recognize as truth the introduction this is a course in miracles you know is a required course only the time you take is voluntary and i said wow this all of this resonates as true to me and i i looked at her at her and i said I think you're right. I think I do need to read this book. So I got a copy. And of course, like many people, when you first start doing the course, you have to share it. I bought, I don't know how many copies. I was giving it to my friends. I said, you got to read this thing. You got to read it. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. And we are at break right now. And we're going to continue this story because you didn't just pass it around. You worked also with David Wright and you started yes. to, to work with him and teaching and sharing the actual course, not just the book. So we're going to talk more about that on the other side. This is the Stop Stopping Yourself show, and we are with special guest Larry Sire, Grammy Award winning and Course in Miracles teacher. Come on back to the Stop Stopping Yourself show. We'll see you in a minute.
Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Stop Stopping Yourself with Vincent Jenna. Okay, we are back. And if you are just joining us, I have very special guest Larry Sire with us today. And Larry is a Grammy Award winning musician, engineer, um, author, teacher of A Course in Miracles. We're getting into all of that. So we left off you talking about a book being slammed at the dinner table right in front of you. And you took that as a cue. Didn't you? <laughs> yes, I did. I kind of went overboard, as a lot of uh, new course students do. I just bought a bunch of copies and gave it to everybody that I thought would be interested. And it became my partner, if you want to call it a partner. Day and night, night and day, I read it 24-7 just about. Uh, well, I guess for about five years or so. Yeah, so for about five years, and it was very intense, and um, I knew it was truth, and I reestablished the connection of the voice, let's say, stronger. I'm going to say that. It made it stronger. I had always been listening, but it made it stronger, which, in my opinion, is the purpose of the course. The purpose of the course, to me, is to reestablish the communication link between our father and ourselves. And that's what it's designed to do. And it's done through forgiveness. And of course, the workbook and of course, the miracles, you know, many people will um, study the text like I did for many, many years. I just couldn't get enough of the text, but it's actually the workbook in my opinion that does the actual work that makes the connection. And it's interesting that you don't have to believe A Course in Miracles. You can think it's, you know, you can think it's a lie. You can think it's totally untrue. It doesn't matter what you think about the workbook or the course. But if you do the lessons like it says to do them, and it's a course, it's a one-year course, 365 lessons, one per day. If you do that, at the end of that period, you will reestablish your connection. So it, it's designed for that, and it, it's designed to get rid of the conscious mind, which many times will fight the the truth coming through. So right. Anyway, I so that, I totally agree with you. So that's how you got involved with that. Yeah, it's 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 still the thing that I rely on. Well, you said something very important. When you were reading it, you knew it was the truth. How? What told you that? What inside told you that? Uh, it's just a feeling. I, I don't know if you experience this when you read things, but when you read something and you know it's the truth, doesn't it resonate inside you a certain way? You go, I know that's true. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what people need to understand the difference between blindly believing in something and feeling in something. It's two Correct. different things. And because of our soul connected to what you call Father, Spirit, Source, God, whatever we want to call it, because of that connection, the moment you tap into the truth, of course, all the bells and gongs go off, whatever happens inside your soul. And you get this this resonance that you just feel the vibration of it and you know it's true. Whereas other people will follow things because they're being told to believe that. And and they don't right. use their inner feelings, right? Yes, that's correct. But I think there's also a difference between belief and knowledge. You know, you can believe something that's not true. But when you know something is true... It's a little different than belief in my mind, the way I think. You know, truth mm. is like yeah. a shining bright light shining on everyone. Truth is an 
immutable thing. Now, we can choose to believe truth or we can choose to not believe truth. So beliefs are malleable and they're affected by our choice, but truth is not. The trick comes in knowing when you're seeing, reading, hearing, experiencing truth as opposed to something that's not true. I agree with you totally, 100% on that. And if everybody had learned to be able to do that, you've been following your truth and inspiration all along. So where did it lead you next? I saw that you also did some work in in creating for Regina Dawn Acres, I believe the, yes. the last yes. name is. Okay. Mm-hmm. The, it, tell us about that, because that sounds like beautiful work right there. Yes, it was. And that was divinely inspired for sure. I was teaching A Course in Miracles on Dove Fishman's uh, ACM, ACIM Gather radio program and for about seven years. And I learned of Regina Dawn Akers through that program and Dove Fishman. And I got a prompt. You know, I call them prompts. They, they could be inspiration, whatever you want to call them, to cold call her. So I did. I just I say, hey, you don't know me, but um, I think I'm supposed to call you. And I did. It, it, we established a, uh, a communication line. We actually ended up doing conferences together. And eventually, uh, I recorded her uh, incredible book called The Holy Spirit's Interpretation of the New Testament. Uh, and I was inspired to create an online portal portal to sell to sell the audio portion of that book, which is audiblespirit.com. You can go there right now and, and listen to it. Regina Reads, her book, The Holy Spirit's Interpretation of the New Testament, and also The Inner Ramana. So all of that came from just following um, guidance or a prompt, inspiration, whatever you want to call it. You did the same thing with David Wilcox, right? You called called him too, right? Isn't I that did? what you said during? Yeah, that's right. I did. Oh. Um, I, you know, the truth is, I do that a lot. I, it, I listened. I listen. I, I won't. I don't won't say blindly, but I definitely listen to the voice, the inspiration. If I get a prompt to do something, no matter how crazy it is, I do it. Um, Hawaii was one of those things. We moved to Hawaii because of the prompt. But getting back to David Wilcock, I was listening to him on Coast to Coast AM radio, which was hosted mm-hmm. by Art Bell at the time in 2004. And there was a guy on there who claimed to be the reincarnation of Edgar Casey. Now, I never heard of him before. I didn't know anything about him. I was listening and I thought, well, that may be true, maybe not, whatever. I was actually in my studio while that was playing in the background. And I got a prompt. It was a pretty strong prompt that I need to call this guy and book a reading. Back then he was doing online. He was doing personal phone call readings one-to-one. So I, I did. I called his secretary or whatever and booked a reading. Well, this was like midsummer or sometime during that time period. And I, I, so I forgot about it. Months went by, and I, I didn't even think about it again. And then in January of 2005, I get a phone call, and it's a sec- secretary. He said, are you ready for your reading? And I said, what reading? What are you talking about? I forgot. You know, I had forgotten about it. But you're reading with David Wilcott. I go, oh, okay. Yeah, so he gets on, and he and I, he does a reading for me. And we talk afterwards uh, for a little bit. It turned out that both of us were musicians. He's an incredible drummer. And uh, we, we talked about music for a while. And while I was talking to him, I got another prompt. It was like, tell him that you and he are going to do a project together in the near future. Now, I have to say that 
I did not know at the time that everybody and their brother wants to do a project with David Wilcock because of his fame, notoriety, and whatever. I didn't, but I didn't even let that enter into my negative space. I just told him, I said, I think we're going to do a project together. And he got quiet for a few minutes. He said, I think you're right. So he came down in February of 2005 and actually stayed with us, my wife and I. Uh, had a house in Austin, and he lived with us for two weeks while we recorded our first project called The Science of Peace, which was recorded in 2005. And after we recorded it, both of us were thinking we were going to get picked up by some kind of label or whatever. Somebody was going to pick it up and distribute it or whatever. So we let it go. Two years went by. Nothing happened with that project. And... um, in 2007, February 2007, I got yet another prompt that called David and tell him we're going to put that project out ourselves. So I did, and we did. We started selling it online, 2007. And then 2008, we created another project called Wanderer Awakening, which was a two-and-a-half-hour musical we wrote and produced together, and we did that over the span of about six months. And in about 2009 or 2010, we started putting on conferences together uh, all over the world. I mean, London, New York, L.A., Florida, Chicago, Dallas, everywhere. So he and his mother, uh, Marta Waterman, who is an incredible musician and wonderful person, The three of us put on conferences all over the world, and it's during those conferences that I was given a slot by David to to teach A Course in Miracles over the the break, over like the, the noon hour break. So I did that, and I was able to... Uh, spread the word of A Course in Miracles all over the world. And a friend of mine, Teddy Poppy, who publishes the sparkly edition of A Course in Miracles, would send me books. We're talking about cases and cases of A Course in Miracles books to the conference hotels, and I would give them away free at the conferences, speak about A Course in Miracles and give them away free. So that's how that came about. Wow. That's an amazing story. Larry, that's your. It, it sounds like you've had incredible success for a very long time in your life, and you followed your inner voice as well as the path of A Course in Miracles. Besides the listening and turning off all the distractions during the day, is there is there anything that you can share? On, on how to start listening to that voice? How do you clear the channel? Well, of course, I'm going to say that the easiest way, in my opinion, is to actually do the course. And you don't even have to read the text if you don't want to. Just do the workbook of A Course in Miracles, which doesn't take that much time, five minutes a day or whatever, do the lessons, and you will start hearing the voice and or prompts or inspiration of what to do. It, it's it's a proven thing. It works. It does work. I know many people who have used the course and absolutely have seen a difference. And even in my work, I don't teach A Course in Miracles, but I teach another way of getting to that core and opening up the channel and hearing. So it's that work that's really important. Good for you. And before we go on any further, please tell the listeners how they can read more about you or get in touch with you. And I'd love to know about your book as well and what your project that's coming up. So go ahead and share all of that. Okay, thank you for asking. The easiest way to get a hold of me is through my website. It's LarrySire.com, and you spell that L-A-R-R-Y-S-E-Y-E-R.com. Or you can send me email at Larry at LarrySire.com. 
there's a contact page on my website, and there's just our email, either one. That's the easiest way to get a hold of me. I'm also on Facebook, you know, Instagram, you know, all the social media sites. I'm everywhere. That is great. And you're also an author, correct? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Well, mm -hmm. tell us about that book. Okay. That book is about oneness. Um, I have come to believe, and it is my understanding, that there is only one of us here. And this is a strange concept for sure for some people. But I got to that from many, many years of doing A Course in Miracles and realizing and coming to know that separation is not real. Now, I need to describe what separation is, and that is anything that delineates one thing from another. Okay. Right. Anything that yes. delineates one thing, that's separation. And in my knowledge and my understanding and belief system, that's not real. Their separation is not real. We are all the same being. We are collectively Christ, Christ consciousness, the Son of God, whatever you want to call it, the same. We can call it, if, if, you, if you don't want to use spiritual terms or religious terms, we are all the universe. The only thing that makes us experience this life as something separate from the rest of the universe is our judgment and our decision to exclude ourselves from everything else. I'm there with you, right on the money. So I, I love the way you say that. I, I totally agree that separateness is an illusion. Um, it's only us that create that feeling and that, that reality, and reality is an illusion also. So, so what the book is, yeah. is I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't get to that. So what the book is, is that concept in a humorous fashion. You know, that's a very heavy topic and would put most people off if you say, okay, we're going to write a book about separation and one that's an illusion and all that stuff. It's like, uh, I think I'd rather do something else. So I got the prompt to write a book and make it funny. So what this book is, is a conversation between two people that don't exist so it's an imaginary, fictional conversation between two people that don't exist having a humorous conversation about the nature of existence. And where does our self end? Where does the thing – where does Larry end is, is, is a question. There's no names used and no real names used in the book, but – and it's treated in such a way that you can read the book probably in an hour or two, but it's it's humorous, it's fun, it's uplifting. And um, at the end of the book, you will there will be a part of you that remembers that you are everything. I love it, and I love the title. There is only one of us here, and it's not you. I love that. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. That is great. What a great concept. And and so the work that you're doing now, is it uh, more about the musicianship in you? Is it more still the same in Course of Miracles? What 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 are you doing now? Well, right now I'm doing music as I always have. Um I just finished a project with Marta Waterman. Uh, the duo is called Roz Pyramid, and you can read more about that on rozpyramid.com, and I'll spell that for you, R-A-S-P-Y-R-A-M-I-D.com. 
We just released a project two weeks ago. It's available everywhere on all digital mediums, and you can even download it for free if you want to on audiblespirit.com. So that's what I'm doing. We just moved back to Hawaii. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, 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 that's okay. We just moved back from Hawaii. We were there for almost six years, and actually that's where my wife and I became members of Unity. We're st- actually, we're still members of Unity of Kona on the Big Island. We love that community. We love that church. We're still members today. I still help them, uh, even remotely. Um, so Unity is a big part of our life. What made you move back? Well, honestly, we were missing our kids and our grandkids. Uh, um, so we... Put our house on the on on the market in Kona. I think it was about a year ago or so, or maybe a little bit more, uh, with a particular price in mind. And we thought, okay, if we get this price, then we can afford to build a new home. We can move back. Everything's fine. And we almost took it off the market and said no. And then on our vacation last summer, we got a full price offer, and. It was enough to do everything that we dreamed of. It was uh, we're back here in Texas building a new home, close to the grandkids and kids, and and it allows me to create music and do projects I love. Wow! And those grandkids, they'll get you all the time. I know. I've got (laughs) three of my own, and I can't imagine being separated from them at all. Right. 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 Yeah. So, okay, Um, what about your conferences now? When you were doing the conferences with David Wilcox, was the subject matter strictly A Course in Miracles? Well, my part of the talk was. Now, David talks about another book uh, called The Law of One. I don't know if you're familiar with that work, body of work or not. The Law of One is five books that came through the channel Carla Ruckert through a question and answer uh, sessions that were done in 1981, I believe, somewhere around there. Uh, It's available online for free if you'd like to read that too. And matter of fact, David and I devoted um, almost two hours talk uh, discussing the similarities between A Course in Miracles and The Law of One. I think it was like 2008 or 2009 when we did that. It's an interesting piece of work. Uh, it really is. So. Um, yes, I had the opportunity of actually working with David at uh, Conscious Life Expo. Um, mm-hmm. He was part of a panel there and a discussion, and I was doing a lecture myself. So, yeah, it's very interesting, wonderful, and, you know, I've watched him a lot on Gaia TV. Um, mm-hmm. So do you have any plans of, of going out like and doing more conferences? What do you think? That's, is that in the works at all in your future again? Well, I just did one uh, with Kathy Scott Perry. Um, <laughs> I love Kathy. Miracle, do you love Kathy? I love yes. her too. She's awesome. Called Miracles in the Mountains. That We yeah. did that in October of last year. I did the original one with her. And Miracles in the Mountains in Colorado in 2012, and we did Miracles in the Mountains, um, South Carolina, um, 2019, and it's wonderful. So, but I have none planned at the moment. I love doing conferences, so if you have one that you would like for me to speak at or perform at or whatever, contact me via my website or my email, and I'd be happy to to go there. Oh, well, we're going to have to talk about that as soon as this um, lockdown is over and we start being able to do events again, because I would love to do an event with you. Absolutely. Um, And I believe the one that you did in October, was that at the Art of Living space in Boone? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. I helped advertise that for Kathy. Yeah, I didn't know. See, I didn't even make the connection because I didn't see all our other speakers there. And there you were. Okay, (laughs) so we knew each Uh, other before we met each other. I'm I'm sorry. I think it was North Carolina. I may have said South Carolina, but it was North Carolina. It was North Carolina. Right. Oh, yeah, Yeah. that's right. Right. I thought maybe you did another one there, too. But but that is fabulous. And what I what I love, Larry, again, that 
that you are really um, stressing is that listening to the inner voice. I cannot believe we're at the end of our show. I've got one minute left. Again, tell us how people can connect to you. My website would be the easiest way, and that's L-A-R-R-Y-S-E-Y-E-R.com, or you can send an email directly to me at Larry at LarrySire.com. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for coming on the show today and really instilling and reinforcing and validating for everybody that our inner voices are the greatest gifts that we have, because that's what connects us to Father, to God, to the highest part of who you are. And Larry, I appreciate it. I certainly would look forward to doing work with you and helping to reinforce that belief. Um, I wish you the best. Um, and yes, can't wait to see what else you're going to be doing out there, my friend. Thank you for joining us um, on the Stop Stopping Yourself show. Uh, join us next week. Next week is about you, where I will be giving psychic and prophecy messages to you, as well as making connections with deceased loved ones. Um, this is Vincent Jenna, your host. Larry, again, I love you, man. Thank you for taking the time out, my friend. Thank you, Vincent. All right, everybody have a fabulous week. Stay healthy and safe. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.